Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Y'all, I don't know how they do it, but somehow every single episode of WandaVision, they're managing to outdo themselves. That ending, I have so many questions. Why is he here? Who is he playing? Is he actually somebody else? Do we now have mutants in the MCU? What the hell is going on? Where's Eric Lyncher? Who is that other man that you named as your father? I don't know what's going on. All I know is that I'm filled with glee and I want to talk about it. This is your bonus episode of me and you, the housewives in Marvel 2, and it's all about WandaVision. Let's go. Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick host of the Me and You, The Housewives, and Marvel 2 podcast. A podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Kevin Feige, Bob Igor, neither one of y'all don't owe me a damn thing. Let me just say that off the top. Y'all don't owe me anything. I This episode was the equivalent of big booties in Daisy Dukes in the 90s, like at Freaknik in Atlanta. Like this is what this was the equivalent of. It was just, I mean, it was a comic book 
Geek's Dream. It was a cinematic lover's uh, 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 fantasy. I don't. It was just everything you needed it to be. Watching this episode, oh, we just we get so close every week to figuring out where the hell WandaVision is going. Even though we, you know, we're all thinking it's a mutation of House of M, the comic book storyline. But we leave with so many questions, but not like in a bad way. It's just like it literally gets us through the week thinking about all these different theories. And like my friends have been texting me all day asking what I think about this and who I think this is. And do I have a theory about that guy? And who do I think is dead? And yada, yada, yada. And all. I, it's just I'm, it, it's an exciting time to be alive. Most of y'all are probably like, boy, shut the fuck up. But I'm seriously I love everything about this series. I think that WandaVision is going to end up being one of the most iconic binges once the series is actually over. Like watching it week to week for some people might seem super weird, but I'm enjoying the taste it leaves in my mouth every Friday. Oh, y'all nasty. <laughs> y'all know what I mean. Look, I don't, I already, I got a lot to talk about, so let me just go ahead and get started. You know, I always try to keep these bonus episodes short. They never turn out the way I want them to. They always end up like an hour long, Jesus. But that's okay, because I love talking about it. Y'all know I take these from a slightly different approach. I try not to spoil too much, but I'm thinking at the end of the episodes, I might want to start giving my theories and stuff like that. You know, if you, you know, you, a lot of y'all DM with me on Instagram. If you don't follow me on Instagram, at Housewives Marvel Podcast. That's at Housewives Marvel Podcast. We are we DM all day long, talking about the episode, different theories, what characters we think are coming in, all this kind of stuff. So if you want to jump in on that, hit me up on Instagram. But I do think at the end of this episode, I want to give a couple of my spoilers. But don't worry, I'm going to give a spoiler alert. Not spoilers. I mean, like this whole episode is a spoiler. If you haven't seen the episode, a couple of my predictions and theories about where this show is going and like how it leads into the greater MCU. So I'll give y'all a little trigger warning at some point during the episode. And I'll tell you, I won't go too far into it because I don't want to ruin anything for anyone out of hell. I don't even know if any of this shit is true, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Let's go ahead and jump into the episode. Whoo, such a good damn episode. This time we start off with Wanda and vision attempting to get the newly born twins to stop crying. The background has changed again. You know, Vision points that out in the episode. Every time he go to sleep and wake up, the damn uh, background settings of the sitcom is different. That man just trying to wake up in a bed that he recognized. He don't recognize none of that shit. You know, now he was sleeping in his own twin-sized bed because they had those Lucy and Ricky beds, but now he wake up in the same bed as her every morning. He's sick of this shit. The background has changed, and now we're in what appears to be like a full house kind of setting. Like, you know, it, you know, we find out later on, like a few minutes later when they actually do the intro, because you know, each WandaVision episode has an intro that is kind of giving a little piece of family ties to, you know, it's giving you a little bit of Alex P Keaton, but it's still giving you full house with a uh, aunt Becky scamming ass It's giving you uncle Jesse, you know, it's giving you all of those vibes and nostalgia that we're used to from our eighties and nineties kind of sitcoms. 
Wanda attempts to use her powers to make the twins go to sleep, but guess what? It doesn't work. Girl, you get you a superhero. You had two superpowered babies. Like, quit playing. See, that's what I was thinking it was. I was thinking, well, no, you ain't gonna be able to do all that on them because they got powers too. Some other people were debating whether or not they were thinking like, hmm, maybe this is not real people. Maybe they are. Who knows? Child, this damn dog in the room, he's snoring. I hope y'all can't hear that damn dog snoring. <laughs> they even try to put the binkies in their mouths and they uh spit them shits right back out at them. Now, look, I'm about to make a black ass reference, but just stay with me, okay? Why did them twins spitting out those binkies or those pacifiers, whatever you want to call them, why did it remind me of that episode of Martin? When they were stuck at the bus station for Christmas and Martin gave Miss Jerry his sandwich, you know, Gina had to convince him. She said, look, that old lady, get that old lady your sandwich. He's like, fine, Miss Jerry, here, Merry Christmas, take the sandwich. Miss Jerry says, ooh, you have a kind heart, baby. Thank you, bless you. She take that sandwich and she sniff it. She said, Tona? I don't eat no damn tuna. She took that sandwich and instead of giving it back to that man so he could eat it, they she took that mother that tuna sandwich, threw it on the ground and stomped on it and walked clean away. Look, them twins said, "Bankies, we don't want no damn bankies. Them children trying to grow up so they can get a dog. They don't give a damn about them bankies." Chat. Agnes bring her nosy ass over there talking about she going to jazzercise but as she's walking she could hear the twins so she wanted to see if she could help this is where we get more of the world building that goes on in wandavision so often vision apparently goes off script and doesn't want her to help you know he's panicking he's like no wait you know maybe we should you know you should wash your hands first or maybe you should do this or that and he's like no maybe it's not a good idea that you hold him to which agnes doesn't know what to say please if you watch this episode after listening to this review, please take note of her demeanor. She doesn't know what to do. She almost looks absolutely petrified as if she knows there's going to be repercussions for not sticking to the script. She finally turns and asks Wanda, uh, should we take it from the top? Like, I, I don't know what to do, sis. What should we do? Should we just go ahead and take it from the top? It almost seems as if Wanda recognizes that her cover is about to be blown and she tells Vision to just let her help with the babies. Child, this is kind of signaling to us and Vision that while Wanda doesn't really know what is happening in the reality at first, she definitely now does. So let's talk. Does this kind of change our perception about Wanda you know, it was twofold at first. Do we now feel that she's still this superhero struggling with depression and mental uh, health issues? Or do we now kind of see her more as the villain? Because it's now kind of seemed like everything she's doing is very intentional. Whereas first, we were kind of made to believe that, no, this was kind of an un an unprompted break from the mental well-being that she once had. I don't know. Personally, though, I've been rooting for Wanda to be a villain for years. If you read the comic books, you know how OP Wanda is. If you're not familiar with the term OP, comic book superhero fans, whether it's movies or comics, we say OP when we're referring to someone as overpowered. That's someone that, like, there's no need for you to be in the fight because you go beat their ass anyway. 
it's just like imagine like you and superhero getting into a, a Superman getting into a fight. You know Superman gonna beat your ass. Like I mean, there's no way around it. You know there are certain heroes that are just too powerful. Think back to Captain America's Civil War movie. We had literally all of the Avengers there. One, uh, some on one team, some on the other team. We did not, however, see the Hulk, and we did not see Thor. That was very much by design. Thor had his own movie coming out next, and the Hulk was in that movie. They were not going to be in Civil War because if they were there, that is definitely huge shifts in power. They would have had to be on different sides, and then it would have had to definitely been a different fight. They can't have Thor and they can't have the Hulk in a fight where Iron Man and all these guys are running around Black Widow child trying to shoot a gun can't happen. We I love OP Wanda, so I've been rooting for her to be a villain, even though I'm kind of hoping that the storyline on this show does more to discuss like the mental health that she's going through, because depression is real, especially dealing with the death of a loved one. Vision had to end up pulling Wanda's ass to the side. He like, uh, Wanda, what was that? Like, I, you're not gonna act dumb like you didn't just see that Wanda was acting dumb. And Vision, like, man, look, that lady was just discombobulated and, and she hadn't acting like this was a Broadway dress rehearsal and you over there talking about she confused because Wanda was giving him all kind of reasons. Oh, no, she's just confused. You know, yada, 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 this, this, that. No, none of that makes sense. What is happening? That lady just acted as if we are doing a stage play and she needed to take it from the top and you, Wanda, are the director. Like, I need to know what's going on. Notice, we now get, you know, I told you we're doing some world building. We now kind of get to wonder even more whether or not Agnes is foe or friend. It's not super obvious right now, but it feels like Agnes is kind of acting as a safety net for Wanda sometimes. Like if you notice in this scene, Agnes continues to interrupt every single time Vision seems to be on to Wanda and her shit. She's doing everything from from spraying the babies with whatever kind of spray she was spraying to uh, getting alcohol off the top shelf. And it's all a lot. Like, all this stuff seems like different distractions. And I know this is supposed to seem like a sitcom, but it almost feels like you have to kind of read deeper into it. Is this a figment of Wanda's imagination? Someone there to kind of help her through these kind of situations? Or is this someone that's been planted there or came there purposely and has their own agenda and is now going through the motions of, you know, hey, I, I'm trying to do my own thing so I can't let Vision ruin this for us. Not for Wanda, for us. The only reason Vision doesn't seem to notice is because the, the damn babies finally calm their asses down and go to sleep, or so they think. They go over there to look, and the twins are not even in their uh, cribs. They're not even uh, babies anymore. Now they're toddlers sitting on the steps. They appear to be about like kindergarten age. I think they said that they're five in the episode. Now this to me appears like a direct link to like the soap operas and TV shows where, you know, you do some time hopping, not even time hopping. It's like in soap operas. Y'all remember when like a kid would like go off to boarding school, like when they're 10 years old, but like the next year, literally because they need new cast on the show, they would bring that character back. And then they were like 18 years old, ready to uh, do some underage drinking and all kind of shit and raise hell in town. 
that's exactly what this felt like. They aged them kids so much. I mean, I know on the show on WandaVision is for the sake of, you know, them showing off their powers and, you know, us seeing Billy and Tommy in action. But I love that this show has such a commitment to that sitcom style that they're taking stuff that we've seen so many times over and over again in sitcoms and actually playing up that trope on the show. We get one of those nostalgic intros that they do every episode of WandaVision. You know, this one, I told y'all, you know, we get a little piece of Alex P. Keaton, you know, family ties. You know, we get a little uh, uh, full house. You know, I couldn't remember the name of the damn show. All I remember is scamming ass Unbecky. We get all of that, and then we cut to outside of Westview in the kind of sword encampment. I don't know what we want to call this, but I've just been calling it the sword encampment. And Monica is undergoing all kinds of testing and she's recounting her story. Basically, I didn't want to misquote her. I'm going to tell you exactly what she says, because it's very important to hear her words because it kind of speaks to Wanda Maximoff's intentions. She said, first thing I remember is pain. Then I remember Wanda's voice in my head. Then was this feeling, a hopeless feeling like drowning. It was grief. She basically confirms what we've been thinking all along. All of this is caused by depression and sadness and the feeling of loneliness that was caused by Pietro's dying, by Vision's dying, by killing all those people in Lagos. All of this has caused Wanda to completely separate from reality. Now, it's important to note, you know, it's kind of super quick, but it's important to note that during this episode, like right after this, after she's doing a recounting, we get Monica's test results back. The CAT scan that they did on her didn't show anything. The woman said something was wrong with the machine. And then they also did blood work, but the blood work was conclusive. She said that they needed to do another draw. Obviously, Monica, you know, she wasn't having that shit. She's like, nah, we'll talk about all that shit later on. Obviously, Monica's been permanently affected by whatever happened to her inside of Westview. No way of checking her labs against anyone else because from what we've seen, she's the only one who's managed to go in on that side and actually managed to come back out alive. So we, we're going to have to see, but obviously, you know, we're leading up to, I think all of us kind of know that we're leading up to her becoming spectrum or photon, or will she, you know, my theory is she's going to be in captain Marvel two, of course, so maybe we're going to see two super OP heroes fighting it out and duking it to see who actually becomes Captain Marvel. Now, I'll give you all a little bit on that theory later because apparently somebody got Anna. It's a little beef. You know, it's on site. You know, all that different stuff. We'll talk about that little beef between little Carol and little Monica a little later. But just know it's on site when they see each other. Cut to the meeting led by director Tyler Hayward, the one we all have a bad feeling about. We might have, to, you know, we we might have a bad feeling about him, but low key, that's still Zeddy, you know, <laughs> that's Zeddy. That's kind of like Latrice's husband on, uh, what is that, Bell Collective. That's Zeddy, not really the child. He look a lot better than uh, Latrice Zeddy, but we're going we gonna to talk about that a different day. That's a whole nother podcast, okay? Jimmy Woo starts to give kind of background 
the MCU background that is that's important to note because, you know, they've been retconned in comics so many times. Pause. For those who don't know, whenever you hear the term retcon, because if you, you know, if you're going on this journey with me or you're starting to read or do research about comics or Marvel movies or DC movies, whatever it might be, you'll hear the term retconned a whole lot. When someone says that people have been retconned, that means their characters in comic books have either been altered in some way or their background stories have been altered in some way. So most comic book heroes that you see, depending on who the writer is, the editor, they've been retconned, I mean, multiple times. We've seen, uh, like, think about Captain Marvel, for example. Captain Marvel in the comics originally was a man, a child... Hold on, get into this. Captain Marvel originally was a damn uh, DC character, and Marvel stole that motherfucker away. But that's a conversation for a whole nother time, okay? I ain't got nothing to do with that. And the first Captain Marvel was black. We're not going to talk about that either, Monica Rambo. It's Black History Month, but we're not going to get into that because I love Brie Larson and Carol Danvers. We're not going to talk about that. Y'all know black creativity. You know what? (laughs) Okay. Anyway, Jimmy Woo starts to give them kind of the MCU background on Wanda and Pietro, all of which we know if you've watched Age of Ultron. This whole conversation, though, leads me to believe that Hayward, just like we all assumed, is the villain, but he might actually be Mephisto. I'm not sure because he seems to be front and center for all of the bullshit that's going on. And it also might explain why Dottie hasn't been identified yet. You know, they got everybody on their board, but they acting like Donnie's, uh, Dottie, uh, ooh, chat. did I say Donnie? Dottie's ass. <laughs> they like, they don't know who she is. I have a little theory about this, but I'm not going to say who. We will, I might say that during the spoilers part of this, uh, this podcast, but I got some, I got some theories about Dottie. Dottie, you've been showing your ass. We're going to talk about Dottie. I'm so geeky, I know, but my favorite part about this whole thing was when uh, sometime during the meeting, Tyler Hayward asked Jimmy Woo while he's doing his presentation, does Maximoff have an alias? See, I love this because obviously he's asking if they if she has a nickname, you know, a Superman, a Captain America, you know, all this kind of stuff. We at no point have called her the Scarlet Witch. The only time Wanda has been referred to, now somebody fact check me on this, the only time Wanda's been referred to as a witch in the MCU is when Tony in age of Ultron, literally her first appearance referred to her as a witch. That's something, which did something to me. That was, I think literally the only reference other than that, we've never called her witch. And so it feels like now Marvel is finally ready. Now that we've gotten the big heavy hitters out of the way and we're ready to create new heavy hitters in the MCU, they're finally ready to acknowledge her full power lean into her comic book identity and finally give us the Scarlet Witch that we've been wanting. During this little meeting, Wu finally, you know, is dismissed, basically, and we kind of see a power struggle between Hayward and Captain Rambo, Monica. Hayward seems to be purposely almost, almost over-intentionally trying to make Wanda out to be a terroristic villain. Monica keeps saying otherwise. She reminds them that she was protected on the inside and the outside once she was blown away clean out of Wanda's reality. She makes sure she says that this was not a premeditated act of aggression, you know, which is the 
the, the textbook definition of terrorism. So it leads me to believe that Monica thinks mental health is related to this as well. This leads Hayward to kind of sharing footage of child of Wanda stealing visions, dead body from sword headquarters. That was nine days ago. Child, she stole that man's body and resurrected him, which goes against Vision's living will and uh, uh, didn't want to be, he didn't want to be anyone's secret weapon. And, you know, maybe, this, you know, this all leading to secret wars. Maybe we're supposed to be seeing secret wars come to either Disney Plus or the screen. I don't know which one, but there's going to be a lot of good stuff. It also, it's important to note that it goes against the Sokovia Accords. The Sokovia Accords are still very much a real thing in the MCU. These were signed during Captain America's Civil War. The heroes are expected to live by it. Wanda was almost, I hate to say it, so I know they listed a lot of different reasons, but Wanda was the main reason for them signing these accords. With her being the one to so recklessly break them, this might end up being a whole thing, but one thing about it, she went and stole that man's damn dead body and brought him right back to life. Back in Westview, a kind of sitcom is playing out where the kids have, you know, found this puppy and they giving him a bath in the kitchen sink and Wanda catches him. Now, look, we've seen this on sitcoms. Where am I from? A sitcoms. I, I'm, I promise I'm from Memphis. Y'all know any other time my country ass turning out, all of a sudden I want to be from the Midwest. My sitcoms, we've seen this on so many sitcoms throughout history multiple times. This is going to sound so random. Did y'all, did anybody used to watch Mama's Family back in the day? I remember an episode where Thelma Harper didn't know that Naomi and Vin and Bubba had found a dog at the food circus. Now, chat. Y'all know, you know, you remember shit too well. If you remember the name of the grocery store that people used to go to mama's family, they used to shop at the food circus. Look, they found a dog at the soup food circus and they were putting up ads trying to find the, uh, the rightful owner and all this kind of stuff. And Thelma had kept getting those voicemails the whole episode. And she thought that they were trying to put her in a senior citizen's retirement home. I don't know why that episode, I don't know why I've been thinking about all these random like iconic, nostalgic, older, 80s, 90s references in TV shows. But maybe this show is bringing it out of me since it keeps on drawing from all those kind of shows. I just remember all that kind of zany shit happening. You know, we've seen so many episodes of TV shows where they find a dog and don't know what to do with it. Can we keep it? And then the owner at the end ends up coming back and then they got to, Oh, sorry, Sparky. We can't keep you. You were so loved here. I hope they love you just as much as we did. You know, that kind of shit. <sighs> but look, they, they going to find that damn dog. <laughs> well, no, I'm sorry. They, they're not going to find the dog. They trying to figure out what to do with the dog. Now that these kids have brought it home. What's important about this scene the most, though, is that Vision is continuing to realize that shit ain't right. He has a hunch that a neighbor is about to just pop over. And of course, it's an eight, uh, what's her name? Agnes, big nosy ass. She has a dog house. And all you see in Vision's face is how the hell do all these damn coincidences keep happening? And then Wanda shows her magic and creates a dog collar while Agnes is standing right there in vision, like freaks out. Wanda tells him to relax because Wanda's, uh, I mean, Agnes's 
uh, Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles ass didn't even notice that the boys had gone from babies to five-year-olds all within a day. Wanda basically says, I'm tired of hiding. Hell, I created the damn world. I'm tired of hiding from these people. He realizes that they're not of the same mind anymore. And that's that's very important because, you know, throughout the MCU, we've seen they've both had, you know, the closest thing to his energy with the Mind Stone was Wanda's actual physical powers. So he him saying that they're not of the same mind anymore is saying a lot. He says he basically starts to question her about what's happening. They decide, you know, it ends up, the focus ends up getting back on the boys because, you know, she always shifts the focus. It ends up getting back on the boys and they said that the boys are too young to keep this puffy. And just like that, poof, they are 10 years old. Those boys, I'm telling you, they, Wanda, you can't see them. They doing everything they want to. You can't, you can't be, how you, how are you a parent to somebody that can magically change ages like that? They can be older than you and boss your ass around, child. Do we think that Agnes is being oblivious to all of this because of the stunt she pulled earlier? Or do we think that Agnes is maybe going along because she's a villain too and her master plan hasn't necessarily been executed yet? That's just something to think about because I, I don't I don't know the answer to it. I'm watching it just like you guys are. I'm just watching and hoping, watching and hoping, watching and hoping. I don't know what's going on, but I'm loving every second of it. Back outside of the Westview <sighs> the sword encampment, whatever we want to call it, back outside of Westview, Monica and Darcy are kind of theorizing how they can get Monica back inside of Westview. Then Monica says, ooh, I know an aerospace engineer who can help with this. Okay, now look, let, let's go ahead and dissect this line. We know that the Fantastic Four are at some point coming to the MCU. We know that like it's been confirmed, it's gonna be a thing. We know the director. We know all that like it is happening. Whether you like him or not, that's for my best friend. He hates the Fantastic Four so much in comics and movies. He hates them all. I don't mind the Fantastic Four. I'm ready for them to come, but they better get the casting right. You better go ahead and cast who the hell we want to cast. We'll talk about that later. Two. Look. Was that a Reed Richards reference, do y'all think? A Mr. Fantastic? I don't know. She could have been merely referring to... My my initial thought was that she was referring to the scroll from Captain Marvel that helped kind of turn whatever ship they had arrived in into a ship that could reach the the level of space. What I don't know how to... I don't know what to properly say. But to reach that level of space that they needed to get to. Remember, he was like, oh, I can do the, the modifications. Those are simple enough. And they made fun of him because... He didn't know that they were vector coordinates or whatever. That guy, that's who I initially thought they were referring to. But this is now the second time that I feel we've got a fa- we've gotten a Fantastic Four reference in WandaVision. I'm not going to harp on this too much, but I'm definitely going to talk about it later in that uh, when I warn y'all about the spoilers of my theories. Because it seems like we're constantly getting told that this is these guys might relate directly to WandaVision. Also, it's important to note they've been calling inside of Wanda, uh, of inside of Westview the hex because, you know, we talked about earlier the importance of that hexagon shape that we've been seeing so forth and such and such and chicken wing all throughout this show. So well, I, I guess I'll refer to it as the hex. I might call it Westview. I don't know. Just to keep things symmetrical. Uh, shit, I don't know. Uh, uh, in continuity. How about that? 
the next scene directly after this, kind of the same scene, makes me think about another theory. Now, let's kind of talk about it because I love this scene altogether. I love to see them talking about Wanda's power level directly, saying that she could have whooped Thanos' ass. Thank you. Thank you for saying that finally. Thank you. Anybody that reads the comics knows that the MCU has been severely underpowering Wanda Maximoff and her abilities this entire time. And it's good to finally acknowledge that she's O-P-A-F, overpowered as fuck. We love overpowered Wanda. For those of you who don't know, in the comics, Wanda has done some, I mean, some crazy shit. I don't even want to get into that because I'm hoping a lot of it plays out on the show. Like, there's so much that we've been seeing so far. If you, this is exactly the kind of stuff that happens in comics. Wanda just completely warping reality, saying words and, like, deleting people out of existence. Like, doing some, basically being, like, God level at certain points. Seeing all of this and then, like, seeing the way that the MCU has really kind of underpowered her is, it's good to acknowledge that she has these powers. Maybe they just wanted her to grow and maybe they wanted some kind of event to trigger her into being her powerful self. I don't know. He asked, have they identified the twins? He is in Wu. Asked if they've identified the twins and Monica says, no, those are definitely her twins because Monica said that everything in there is real. It's definitely not a hallucination. They said, well, if all of this shit is real, and not props like we were thinking it was, because, you know, it's coming across as a TV show, that would mean that she's wielding an insane amount of power. And is. And is. We've always known that. We've just been waiting for the MCU to catch up to us. Wu says the only person, this is what's important, my, my theory, he says that the only other person who came close was Captain Marvel. Child. Monica shut that shit right down. She, <laughs> it makes me think, cause she said, no, we're not here to talk about her right now. It makes me think that her and Carol are beefing somehow. Like, I don't know what caused the beefation. I certainly have a theory, but I don't, I don't know if we're going to get to see that play out or what I'm guessing it'll play out in Captain Marvel two When the movie's released, obviously the biggest theory that we can think is Monica maybe found out or reached out to Carol when her mom passed. You know, she came back and her mom had been dead for like two or three years, I think they said. Maybe she found out that Carol wasn't there for Maria. Or maybe Carol doesn't even know. Because, you know, at the end of Endgame, Carol said, you know, I got some other stuff to do. I'm taking care of, the, you know, the rest of the universe, basically. Maybe Carol didn't know that Maria wasn't feeling good or hadn't been well or whatever. Or maybe, another theory, maybe... Her going with her, I don't know, nah, that wouldn't make sense. I don't know, I was going to say maybe that her going to space had some repercussions, but that would have been like two or three decades beforehand. So, no, let's not go with that theory. Let's go with the first one. That first one real good, though. We're going to stick with that. But I want to see if they're beefing. That kind of sets up my whole premise for Captain Marvel 2. I think that Captain Marvel 2 is going to be a battle for who becomes Captain Marvel. Now, see, for those of you who who know... See, I was, you know, I, it's Black History Month, so I got to mention Monica Rambeau 
was the original Captain Marvel, like the first female Captain Marvel in the comics. Carol Daniel Danvers was like the most popular version, but Monica Rambeau was definitely the first Captain Marvel that was a, that was a woman. I'm wondering if this is going to somehow take effect in the next movie. Are we going to see a battle, you know, a kind of a power struggle? A lot of people have been assuming that Rogue was going to be the uh the not the victim, the villain in Captain Marvel 2. I'm here for all of these theories. I want everybody everywhere all the time. I just want to see mutants in the MCU. That's all I want. I just want I, I want it all. I'm selfish. By testing out a theory of Monica basically using her clothes and shooting the shit out of them with Jimmy's gun, Monica is able to figure out that Wanda is rewriting reality as soon as they enter the Hex or Westview or whatever you want to call it. So now they hatch a plan, which we see in the next scene. Vision and Norm being at work using computers and they surfing the internet, having a good old time searching Beyonce's internet. They end up getting an electronic mail child i forgot that i forgot that's what the hell email stood for until they said it <laughs> they received an email from sword monica that was smart as hell that email comes directly from sword and reads dr darcy lewis findings regarding wanda maximoff high levels of radiation present at perimeter Effect on Westview residents unknown. Please advise. The rest of the office is laughing. They cracking up. They all read the note out loud and stuff. Vision looks like he's seen a damn ghost. He looks like he woke up and he saw Annabelle standing at the uh at the, the foot of his damn bed and he didn't know whether uh you know she was gonna be sitting up in the corner waiting for his ass or she was waiting for Wanda. It, 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 he looked shook. This make vision he kind of uses his powers on norm. To kind of, this I didn't understand. It's almost like vision powers, vision's powers can directly kind of counteract Wanda's because he turned Norm back into his normal self and Norm was scared. He wanted to call his wife, all this kind of stuff. And then because of his panic, Vision turns his ass right back into a minion. He said, oh, hell no, nah, you ain't about to get me fucked up by Wanda. Vision, I don't blame you. The kids begin to notice that shit is getting crazy too. Wanda tells them that Vision is at work and the kids are like, uh, it's Saturday. What what are you doing at work? And you know, Wanda's like, oh, well, you know, he had to he had to do some important things. And you know, he just he he couldn't be bothered right now, basically. The kids are like, you know, they think that he's mad at them, and it leads to one of those you know, old school, typical TV moments with the sappy music playing in the background. And, you know, we all learn a lesson like always get consent before touching someone sexually. You know, whatever the message is. <laughs> Child, quarantine got me my mind wandering. Look, let me let me uh <laughs> let me go somewhere else. Somehow Pietro comes up. That's all you need to know. She tells the kids about Pietro during all of this sappy shit, though. They hear a sound coming from outside. They go outside and see a drone flying overhead. Monica is flying the drone and she tries to speak to Wanda. This doesn't sound like, hey, this doesn't, you know, it doesn't work for him. So he tells the other drone because Wanda is paying them dust to go ahead and fire. Camera cuts out like it always does. And everyone kind of starts to panic and they head outside because they know shit is about to get real. Now, bitch, shit gets real, 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 for real. 
Wanda comes out of Westview and she drags that raggedy ass drone out and she flings it at their ass. She says, look, this going to be your only warning. Stay out of my home. He says, look, no, nah, man, we can't do that, bro. You literally have hostages. But see, I guess one of the shows Wanda has been watching during this uh, whole sitcom binge that she's been doing was The Real Housewives because she got his ass right together. She said, I might have hostages, but only one of us got guns. I know the fuck that's right. It ain't. She said, I know one of us got guns and it ain't me. Bitch, Wanda said, I'm top two, and I definitely ain't number two. I know that's right, Wanda. You better uh flex your muscles on his ass. Monica begins to tell Wanda that she knows Monica is an ally, basically, and they begin some kind of little back and forth, you know. Then we get to see Wanda be a boss bitch, just like her daddy, Magneto. She uses those powers and she makes all of the armored guards, you know, all of the the sword agents make all of their guns direct towards Hayward. Now, if you remember, this is almost like a direct callback to in the X-Men movie, that first one, when, uh, oh, who is that? I, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but uh, they go to... The train station, you know, they're looking for Cyclops and Storm and they, uh, Sabretooth. That's it. When Sabretooth and uh, Magneto go there, they're looking for Storm and Cyclops and Rogue and Wolverine. If you remember outside at one point, Magneto made all of their guns. He took them from their hands and made all of the guns point directly back at the officers. This scene was a direct callback to that. It makes me think that there is definitely some credence to Magneto being a big reveal at some point during this show. If that's the case, man, oh man, you are going to you are going to have some happy comic book fans on your hand. We are just waiting to get any inkling of X-Men we can get. We will definitely take Magneto. Give him to us at any point. And since you directly call him back to that, now we expect to see him. Just like every sitcom focused episode of WandaVision, we get a commercial. This time it's for Lagos brand paper towels. Now, of course, you Marvel watchers, you know that Lagos is yet another place where Wanda had an, a traumatic experience. It's where, you know, this where they are at the beginning of Captain I'm about to say Captain Marvel, Captain America Civil War. And she uses her powers when Crossbow is about to, uh, you know, detonate that bomb in front of Captain America. But she uses her powers to contain it. And then she tries to throw them up to the sky so that the bomb can detonate without being around anybody. But before it can get to the sky, it ends up going off and destroying an entire like level of an apartment building, killing tons of people. And then, child, they got the nerve to make the uh, the logo for the Lagos paper towels for when you make a mess you didn't mean to. I know y'all fucking lying, making making light of them innocent people losing that child. It's a damn movie. It's all right. Y'all wrong for that, though. We cut back to Westview and Wanda and Billy and Tommy are all searching for the neighborhood for the dog. And the mailman says... I'm sure he turns up. Your mom won't let him get away. That's for sure. <laughs> then he said, ma'am. Now, see, 
you 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 are a, a shady little motherfucker. That was his way of saying, I'm sick of y'all punk ass mama holding me hostage, but I'm gonna keep it cute for that sis. That's basically what he wanted to say. He listen. Them people of Westview are tired, okay? Them people got real jobs that they've been fired from because they can't leave this damn neighborhood. I I don't blame you. I'd be mad at Wanda ass too. I'd be letting her ass have it every chance I got. They end up finding the dog dead with Agnes. Now, look, I don't know who killed the dog. That's been kind of like my biggest thing. I don't know if Wanda killed the dog or if Agnes killed the dog or if the dog got a hold of something and died naturally. I genuinely don't know somehow you just need to know that the dog is dead. It becomes another teaching moment for the kids and it's about death and how you can't run from your problems, all that kind of shit. Even though Rhonda Wanda's basically running from all her problems with this imaginary world that she's created. The most important thing to kind of note with this though, is that Agnes kind of breaks character and asks Wanda if she can really bring folks back from the dead when one of the kids is like, just bring them back. You can do that. Just bring them back. She's like, can you really do that? Child, listen, them people are on to Wanda's ass, okay? Wanda, you you might think you in the clear, but them people go cause a mutiny on you. You better hope it's not any more mutants in there that can cause a mutiny because they on to your ass. Later at home, Wanda and Vision are having a conversation about Norm at the office. He is sick of that shit. Let me tell you. Wanda tries to end the episode early. She starts rolling the credits and everything. Listen, I know every woman listening to this wishes that she had that ability to be able to roll the credits on a worsome-ass man when you sick and tired of arguing with his lying ass. <laughs> you be like, look, Carl, I'm not doing this shit with you, okay? I know you were texting her. I saw them nude pictures, and I recognized that little uh, birthmark that you got on your hip. Quit lying. You, you know what? Roll the damn credits. Roll the credits. I'll be gone and have my shit packed by the time these damn credits finish rolling. Listen, Vision was ready to fight. He said Norm has a family. He, he would have called Wanda everything but a child of God. But this is a PG show. He couldn't be doing that. Vision starts to ask questions like, why are there no other children in Westview? You know why? I walk past the park every morning. It ain't never a child there. Our kids at home and it ain't never no damn other children up here at this park. Why is that happening? She finally confesses that she doesn't know how any of this started in the first place. So it does seem like we're dealing with some kind of mental break that she's had, but one that she wasn't aware of at first, but now one that she's fully in control of. But while they're in the midst of talking, ding to the damn dong. Ding, da, ding, 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 dong. <laughs> I'm so black. Let me stop. Surprise, surprise. Standing right there at the door is Pietro. Pietro, Pietro, Pietro. Now look. Don't get it twisted. If you haven't watched this episode, don't be thinking that you're about to see Aaron Taylor Johnson standing at that door. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's Evan Peters, bitch. Evan Peters. Darcy walked past that TV and saw that. She said, Wanda recasted Pietro. Now, look. That's the way to Now, that's how you end the episode. What they saw in the housewife. That's how you gag a bitch right there. That's how you end an episode right there. Now, see. My thing is, I'm wondering if this is because 
uh, Aaron didn't want to come back to the MCU because we've heard those rumors for a long time. If that's the case, you know, he does a lot of little art house stuff. I love his movies. I love him as an actor. So I can respect it. You know, you don't want to come back. Or if they, if this, you know, is a way of ushering in the multiverse or the, you know, multi-dimensional whatever's going on, and this is their way of making the Foxverse, that's what I call the the X-Men movies that were done by Fox. If that's a way of canonizing these into the MCU, I don't know. I, we, I guess we'll find out one day. We still got what? Possibly, possibly, possibly. You know, they confirmed nine episodes, but I've heard we might have 10. I don't know. We, we're halfway through the season. So I figured since this has been such a fantastic five episodes, let me give you a couple of my theories that I've been kind of honing and focusing in on the past, oh, past four weeks or so, past month, whatever. I'm just, you know, I'm, 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 I'm tired. I'm just, I, I want all the episodes. I want to watch everything. I just love them all. I think there was episode five, wasn't it? I don't know. Yeah, that was episode five. I, let's talk about some theories. Let me close the door on the regular episode. So y'all, if you don't want to hear any of this, these are just random musings, so it's not going to be very long. I just want to tell you a couple of my theories, a couple of my thoughts, where we're going with this TV show. Let's talk about it a little bit. Let me close the door on the regular episode. Now look, I got a couple of things that I've been thinking, and I don't know if any of them are true, if they have any merit or anything, but I'll just give you a couple of my musings. I think, one, that Tyler Hayward... And Dottie on the inside, you know, Dottie is the HBIC in the neighborhood. I think they're working together somehow. And I think that directly goes into my next one. I'm wondering if Dottie is actually Mystique. Now, I know that sounds crazy as hell, but, you know, we heard those rumors about casting this particular character. They said whoever played this character, Kevin Feige had to meet and approve before she was casted in the role. Now, see, I don't know if Dottie is supposed to be like a big villain or if she's supposed to be, you know, a mutant. That's what we're hoping. We want some mutants, you know. So maybe Dottie is Mystique and she's transforming into different characters like Dot. I don't know. We'll figure it out, but I just love that theory. Uh, I already told y'all about the one of Carol and Monica beefing. You know, I'm thinking that's because Carol wasn't there for Maria while Monica was blipped, basically, or snapped. The blip is when they came back, right? The blipping. I don't know. Um, Evan Peters. Let's talk about it. Evan Peters. I'm wondering if he's right now. We have him recasted as Quicksilver. My theory, I'm wondering if he's just actually a resident, just like everybody else in the neighborhood that can't get out, but he was the one that she could make look like him the most. And then once all of this is over, I'm wondering, you know, he's not going to be Quicksilver. I'm wondering if he's actually going to be another mutant. Like maybe we'll actually see him be someone else. I don't know, but I'd like to see that. I think that one of the big surprises we'll be finding out is which mutant maybe he actually is once sword is actually able to fully inject themselves into Westview and figure out what's going on. I don't know, but I love, I love Evan Peters. Y'all know I love everything he does. He's one of my favorite actors. Uh, I'll I'm with it, whatever they want to do with him. But now let's talk about my big one. 
So online, we've been getting kind of teased about what we're supposed to have this like, you know, what the, the finale of the Mandalorian season two, Luke Skywalker, Skywalker appeared. And that was like a huge surprise to everyone. Everyone was super happy. We were like, holy shit, it's Luke. Get it, bitch. Get it, bitch. You know, we were super happy. They keep saying that uh, WandaVision is supposed to have like that level of a surprise coming up at some point in the episodes. My theory is that it's not going to be someone we know or we've seen before. I'm thinking it's going to be a new character. My theory is that they're going to give the fans exactly what they want. We've now gotten two astronaut theories. So we know the Fantastic Four are coming. Whether those references had anything to do with it or not, we know the Fantastic Four are coming. I think that at some point, Reed Richards is going to pop up into Westview or outside of Westview to help Monica Rambeau get into Westview. And I think that the actor that's going to be playing him is going to be none other than John Krasinski. Now, if y'all don't know, fans and fans alike have casted him in this role more than any other person that's been casted as a superhero. The goal is for John and his wife, Emily Blunt, to be cast as Reed and Sue Richards. Now, we can only hope. We're all hoping for it, but I think that's going to be the level of surprise that we get because y'all wouldn't keep bringing up all these astronauts and engineers if we weren't going to reference the Fantastic Four. That's my thoughts on it. I'm hoping it's true. I'm damn sure waiting on it. We'll get to see y'all. Episode five was a fantastic episode. I'm ready for it to be next Friday already so I can uh, dip my toe in and see what else Wanda Maximoff got for me. Until then, Wanda, you okay with me. I I ain't got no problems with you. You can uh blast me out of Westview anytime you want. Bye. As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at housewivesmarvelpodcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, 
and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.